Welcome to the Healing the City podcast. In this episode, Pastor Eric continues his conversation with Amanda as they talk about the peace of Christ and how it can impact your stress and trauma. You know, I've always contemplated when Jesus says to his disciples, I, you know, I give you a peace, not the peace that the world gives. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that and I thought, well, you know, if we're all dysregulated, mm-hmm. the peace he's talking about mm-hmm. is, is being integrated without everyone else being integrated mm-hmm. that he's that the, like he mm-hmm. brings something mm-hmm. that the world can't actually do yeah and I thought, wow that's that's crazy and then i was hanging out with some other people and they're like oh this all this stuff you guys have been talking about it's sort of like the line from psalm 23 where he prepares a feast before my enemies mm, like yeah. that normally that'd be a terrifying right. place you want to fight or run away or just right freeze in but yeah. Jesus walking alongside you does something in this process. Right. Well, cuz I think you you have the ultimate protector at all times. And one of the things I often invite people into doing is um in moments of vulnerability, the thing that keeps you safe is not the other person's reaction. The thing that keeps you safe is you and for a Christian, Jesus holding space um around their identity. And um, I, like I, I, I really like that. Can you say yeah. that again? Yeah. It's just you and Jesus holding space around your identity. Can you talk a little bit about, because that's sort of an abstract word, space. When you, what do you mean yeah. by that? So holding, holding space, space is just the idea beautiful mind, of, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Like holding space is just the idea of creating emotional room for people to be able to experience something. So the, like not holding space would be to not acknowledge or validate somebody else's experience. Um, it, it could also be just rushing through the moment. You know, of, uh, you know, them saying, oh, you know, my dad passed away. Oh, that sucks. Okay. So how was your week though? You know, that's not holding good space. So, but holding space oftentimes requires silence and like uncertainty. Yeah. And we don't like that. But if you're sitting in that moment with Jesus, like there is that anchor of assurance that no matter what happens in this situation Mm. with this other person, you know, with the stress that I'm experiencing, like Jesus holds space for me and my identity is not tied to my environment or my experiences or other people's responses hmm. to me. Can you talk a little bit? I mean, you kind of spatter things about your own ways of interacting with life and stress. Can you talk a little bit about maybe the process for you about, because you say like your mode to deal with stress is to fight, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. So an adverse situation happens yes. and you're like, ah, justice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how, how do you, one, ring, invite Jesus or actually acknowledge his presence in mm-hmm. that? And also just even going through some of the things that you do mm-hmm. to reintegrate and to, instead of, you know, to yeah, help us yeah, yeah. kind of see how that might work a yeah. little bit. The thing that's coming to mind for me right now is from my work life. And it was just a situation I was in where I was sitting in and helping a client. And I was in a school um, at the time. We were having a meeting and um, they they came in. The, another staff member came in and reported basically that this kid had been treated unjustly and unfairly by um, a member of, of the staff. And... 
the experience for me was like immediate like stomach clenched in a knot and like this energy rising up through my throat and my face getting hot and I'm like in uh muscles tense like I'm ready to go like let's go right (laughs) I have a very strong uh fight response to when kids are treated unjustly and that comes from my own narrative my own story um but as a professional you cannot you can't punch anyone you in the cannot face. punch anybody or chew anybody out or anything like that so i i the very first thing i did was i just connected to my client of like oh my gosh are you serious that really happened like how are you feeling and they were so used to being beaten down that they're like whatever and i'm like really because i feel really angry like i'm so sorry that happened to you so that is there's the holding space right for her experience but also for my experience um, that we can kind of co-regulate this together and co-experience together um, and then I had to just take a deep breath <laughs> like, just you know and, and that's something the breath is always there and it can be an anchor um, whether you're in more of a freeze dissociated state or whether you're in more of a fight or flight state like that's something that frequently anchors me yeah. it's like just take a breath get the inner observer back online like get out of the massive overreaction. There's a solution to this. And I think that's the thing that I have to try to hold on to is mm-hmm. there you don't have to fight your way out of every corner. Mm. Right? You can take this from a uh, a place where you're going to use your brain and not your fists, right? right? So that's a lot of my process is is stretching it out, is mm. opening up the the moment between when I feel that first flush of anger to when I take action. Mm. Um, a lot of biting my tongue. Because if you give space to your experience, it will regulate, right? right? And so the trick is to be able to just sit with your experience right. and not continue to escalate it and escalate it and escalate it. Right. Um, that's, a, that's what comes to mind. I don't know if that's what... What's a good, <laughs> no, I think I think that's good. So, um, you are. I think what we just keep coming back to, and I think is the first thing that is that you were aware of what happened mm-hmm. in your body, mm-hmm. which reduced how quickly you were going to react. Right. Yeah, because if you weren't aware, mm-hmm. everything knotted up. You mm-hmm. were ready to go. Mm-hmm. You might have said something really inappropriate to right. your boss whoever's in the yeah, situation whatever who's in that yeah. group mm-hmm. whatever situation you're so you don't have like you've moved to a place where you you almost lose your volition you oh, have you it, absolutely but you do. you do it's gone yes right. and you begin controlling the environment yes. to make you feel better and yes. i think that's one of the first ways that you know that you're in an unhealthy place is if i demand and i am putting all of my energy into you have to comply with me in order for me to feel better whether that's in like a direct fight way right. and i'm going to try to overpower you or even if it's in a more like subtle manipulative way of like you can't hurt my feelings right. And, you know, you, right. you, you called a me a wall. name. And, right. Yeah. Like that's, that's another way too, yeah. that anytime we're trying to use the other person or the environment to make ourselves right. feel better. Like I say this frequently that your emotions are your own. Right. And so if you hadn't been able to be aware of that, let's say, and you were, <laughs> I hate to think what would have happened. well, or, or let's say you were just a little bit enough to hold your tongue yeah. enough 
But then you're still, but you weren't able to regulate. Mm-hmm. Then you go home mm-hmm. and your husband says something or the kids are not doing what they mm-hmm. want to. You're at a higher state already. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So this frequently happens to me just because like, even if I don't get into a fight or flight response, I think this is a good example of how just being in the culture that we're in, um, just being in the presence of stress will stress you out, right? And a lot of that just has to do with um, our nervous systems want to connect. So me sitting across the table from somebody that's really upset, my nervous system is going to react to that. Right, because actually what it's doing is watching Mm -hmm. and imitating it. So it's firing everything that the person across from you is doing in their brain. Right. Only you're not actually doing it. Right, but your brain is (laughs) because your mirror neurons are going crazy. And the other thing that it's doing is it's trying to assess like, is this still at a level where this person's not going to reach across and punch me? Right. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Or, you know, am I losing them? Right. Like, am I, for me, like, am I breaking therapeutic rapport right, right. now? You know, yeah. like, am I, am I messing up the relationship with my client or for other people? It might be like, am I making my friend mad or, you know, whatever. Right. And what's, it's interesting to me is because a lot of these things happen where you're not headed up to the place of freeze where you actually have the inner observer at some level Mm -hmm. creating narratives for you Mm -hmm. about how to handle things and what's going on that you end up what i've just it's been so helpful to me as i've become aware more aware choosing to be more aware of my body and what's happening Mm -hmm. of how many narratives yeah and micro narratives i have going on about my wife about my kids Mm -hmm. about me in context to whatever i'm experiencing Mm -hmm. at the moment or whatever i brought home with from work because Mm -hmm. i was i i was i didn't take the time after whatever meeting i was at Mm -hmm. to really assess Mm -hmm. what's going on Mm -hmm. reconnect to who i am yeah we don't always have space for that no and i think by the time i get home most days like i've sat with at least three to four sometimes five people who are in really really high states of stress and hopelessness and anger and frustration and despair right and even if they're being nice to me just being in that environment like takes pulls a lot of energy and it causes a lot of sure. you know sympathetic activation well, for my and you, nervous system. And you're you're experiencing at least, you know, thirty percent of their trauma every right. time they talk to you about right, it. So, right. So yeah, you have all of that going on. Right. And so then when I get home, you know <laughs> If I've had space in my day and I'm getting better about it, um, being able to find the moments and find the spaces to kind of like just calm down and like find ways to release the stress. One of the best ways to release stress is shaking. Um, If you look at animals, like if they've gone through a self-protective response, they shake it off. Right. right? And that's why we have that expression, right? Just shake it off and move on. Mm -hmm. So like there are ways that you just like kind of pausing to Mm -hmm. like if I pause after I leave a really difficult session and I can connect to that sensation of the tightness in my stomach and like the tension in my throat, which is what I usually feel if I've gone through a big sympathetic activation if i pause and sit with it long enough eventually my body will start to tremor a little bit and shake i'm not talking about like massive convulsions right um but just like give it a little shake and like let it happen i'm alone in my car there's nothing wrong with just like you know just shake it off yeah right um and so that's like a very practical way of doing it um but yeah, so when I get home, like there are days where I'm just very dysregulated and I need to go for a walk. Some of it is having the practices. Yes. So like 
thankfully my husband and i have gotten back to a place where we take a walk every evening that's beautiful yeah but having rhythms too of like i know like this is what's happening this is what time we eat dinner when i get home i'm gonna cook and that's a great place for me to release stress because i could chop those vegetables with all the anger that i have and yeah and all those kind of things but then uh, you know other other things too like i love weighted blankets like that's one of the best things for me i sometimes some days i couldn't get to sleep without it because i can just feel my nervous system going Mm. crazy and just giving that yeah giving that so some of it's that stuff too just the more practical stuff it's not all this like i have to sit down and process this exactly care and meditate no No, sometimes and i think the thing that i really have liked is you know just to be okay with my body is Mm -hmm. not to say i'm gonna fix my yeah dysregulation i'm just gonna say i'm in the state i know i'm in the state i'm probably gonna not react yeah always correctly when i get home that's okay Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen and if i'm vulnerable enough my family they can be like hey eric let's yeah let's kind (laughs) of let's calm it down let's calm it down and and i'm like oh okay i need to just step back guys Got yeah, it. And, and when there's compassion for right. me and for them, yes. then we can we don't have to begin to create places where there's wronging happen. Yes, mm-hmm. I might say, "Hey, I'm sorry that," yeah. but we're not here to. I'm not holding it. They're not going to hold it. Like, oh, you hurt me, mm-hmm. and now you it's it's an open handed yeah. approach. Yeah, you weren't perfect. Yes, you. Yeah, right. Again, yeah. so back to that, like you're not allowed to hurt me. Thing, right. like we we're Which, gonna hurt each other. I love the Jesus holding space because it's not just us holding space with Jesus for us it's holding space for my family mm-hmm. together we're all together mm-hmm. holding space for one mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. then you actually have a very healthy place to be yeah because when you can hold that space and and sit in that space with Jesus and allow compassion for yourself it makes it much easier to hold compassion for other people um, often our demand is that we want somebody else to change their behavior um, in order to make it easier on us and Certainly, I'm a fan of people changing their behavior to have better relationships. I think that's good. But for various reasons, we're not always capable of doing that. And so I think you see that in scripture where it just encourages us to bear with one another and bear with each other's faults. Like that's just part of being human and it's part of living in a broken world. It's not always going to be good. I think also... It doesn't necessarily, I just want to qualify it and say that doesn't necessarily mean that you just sit there and let people run you I over. I was just about to, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're, I'm like, yeah. I, I totally agree with her, but yes, we should qualify. Also, right. That like boundaries actually is a way of holding space yes, for people. It is. It's giving them like, cause often when somebody is, is crossing a boundary with unreasonable demands or rage or anger or just cruel behavior, part of the problem is that they can't kind of pull back that runaway train of their emotions and physiology so you providing structure is a help to them is to say this is what's going to be okay for me right and that gives them the framework to be able to operate within or not yeah you know but then they have to go off and wrestle with that yeah i think one of the things that so from where i come and from my training and i still believe this but you know that when we deal with people's desires and their longings and things that, you know, a good, a good desire is something I can hope for that, mm-hmm. that I'm not in complete control of. Yeah. Right? And that a lot of our anger comes out of, you know, when I'm trying to get you to do something mm-hmm. and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm mad at you. I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. That's actually very cognitive. That's nice. Mm-hmm. If, if we, if we're in a state to process that, I'm going to, like, oh, okay, I have some misplaced demands. That right. I, but, 
what it does is it says that somehow anger is not a natural thing. Mm, and what yeah. we know scientifically yeah. is that your body has to be angry. Mm-hmm. In fact, we know that like you can have a lot of maladies mm-hmm. if you decide to take that, that that anger yeah. is not expressed. Repress that anger. And I think what we don't have in our culture yeah. is healthy places to express our anger. Yeah. Healthy places and healthy ways. And yeah, healthy absolutely. ways to do that. So maybe, I mean, we could, you and I could talk for the next five hours. About yeah, this probably. So maybe we could just end because this is something yeah. that hasn't been articulated well at the village. And I'd love to have begin to have this dialogue because I think it's been heavily weighted on what I totally believe mm-hmm. about goals and desires and that idea. Mm-hmm. But what it's said is that no kind of anger right, is, is ever, ever good. And that's totally wrong. Yes. Yeah. So... Well, maybe we could begin to shift the dialogue. Right. Well, I think a little bit is yeah, what is yeah. how how are what are healthy ways to express anger? Yeah. Talk about anger. Think about it. I think anger anger is one of my favorite emotions. I took a whole class oh, on I, anger. I, I know it <laughs> well, I know because I'm a fighter. But like, <laughs> but yeah, you. but no, like that that was one of the reasons why I had to kind of wrestle with it because my experience of anger often is about justice yes i get really angry when things are not just um of which i have been often criticized of like you're too idealistic and you know you're you you care too much or whatever and i'm like no i'm not and i know that because my anger i think is is something that i'm not choosing it's something that's happening right and so i think if we connect to our anger um it's one of the few activating emotions, right? So sadness, you want to sit there and like cry or hang out or go to bed or something like that. When you're happy, um, you're like, yay, this is great and this is fun and let's just enjoy it. But when you're angry, like you want to get up and do something. Mm. And so it can be a real gift to getting things done and to um, and to thinking through things and just getting your attention mm-hmm. and saying, you need to look at this and sort through this. I do think it's true that often anger comes out of other emotions. Yes. Right. That there's hurt or yeah. there's sadness or, you know, frustration. Right. So I think that's true. And so in that way, anger can be a red flag of like, there's something here that you need to look at. But anger in and of itself is not bad in the same way that the fight or freeze response are not bad. Mm -hmm. It's just what do you do with it? So if I'm angry because my client was treated unfairly by somebody at a school and I walk into that office and I chew them out and I behave in a really unprofessional way, that's not going to be helpful. Right. Because, yeah, now you've taken it to another place. Right. And so I think it's it's helpful with anger and with all emotions to not call it good or bad, but to call right. it helpful and helpful. So maybe you could respond to this because this is actually – so Dr. Schubner, who's mm-hmm. mostly famous for his book, Unlearn Your Pain, mm-hmm. uh, has this – You know, he gives one story, and I, I may be merging a few stories, about how a client comes in pain. Mm-hmm. And he begins to interview them. And he comes from a very Freudian slash Gestalt kind of right. perspective. So he starts interviewing them, finds out about some a, a violation in their childhood. Mm-hmm. And so what he has them do is imagine that violator mm-hmm. and ask, what do you want to do to mm-hmm. them? And, and he's like, they say it. Yeah. And he says, do it. Yeah. Do it. Keep describe yes. it. What are you doing? What are you? And this person beats the poor person to a pulp. Yeah. Their mother. Yes. And then he says, well, how do you feel about what you've done? Right. And they just break into tears. Right. And and they repent of actually violating their mother. Mm-hmm. 
And they walk out with no pain. Right. Pain that they were going to have to have surgery for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The, the, the theory is, and I believe it to be true, is that your body has to express its yeah. anger at injustice. Mm-hmm. It's been violated and it has to have some justice, mm-hmm. right? For it. And, and so that's partly what anger, at least in some ways, as a result of the fall, God has given us to deal with. Yeah. What we've done is we've gone and taken that anger and created wars and mm-hmm. reviolated other people. Right. So there has, so how do you, I mean, you talked about how you regulated yourself. Mm-hmm. But in that scene or that moment in your life, there's this person who you represent and mm-hmm. care for who's been unjustly treated. Mm-hmm. Taps into your own, yeah. I suspect, your own feelings of being yeah. unjustly treated. How do you how do you express what that in a way that? that doesn't internalize? Yeah. And, and yeah, because you definitely don't want to repress it. Right. right? Because, uh, again, anger is very tied to the fight response, obviously. And it's a self-protective mechanism that comes from the body. And so your body is not going to let it go until the cycle completes. That's the cycle complete. Right. And so that's where imagining and visualizing actions that you want to take can be very helpful and is a tool I use very often. And many people have been murdered in my clients' minds. (laughs) (laughs) And the first time it happened, I was like, oh, my God, did I just do something bad? Like, is this okay?" But then she came in the next week and was like, I have never felt this free never felt this way and she'd done years and years and years of counseling Um, and so that really knocked something loose Um, your brain doesn't totally know the difference between um, what you imagine and what you actually do right right so and some of it can even just be sometimes acting out um, and getting that energy out of the body Mm. um, by like we do like a pushing exercise and somatic experiencing so there's lots of ways to be able to discharge that um okay wait remind so, me back well and i want to make sure we're not recommending that we go around murdering people do not in murder mind. anybody no we're in your mind well completely i think yeah no i, mean, I think what can be really okay so i now remember what you asked was was like what do i do when i have that unresolved anger yes. and things that i can't like go chew out that staff member right. well it's um, not yeah godly action right exactly so like what do i do with that i think the first thing that i do is i have to hand it off to jesus and i do often remind myself that justice has not come today, but it will come. Um, And so that's a top-down strategy. Sure. And it does help a lot so that when that anger flares up, I am offering that comfort and compassion to myself of like, I see you and I know and you're right and this shouldn't have happened and it will be corrected one day. But then to take care of the bottom up, it can be allowing that self-protective response to complete. Um, I had a great SE session after I left the psych hospital and I had a lot of anger over the way things had been done there. And uh, it, it was huge. And I, so for me, like having that experience of having gotten it out and I did do, I did the push exercise uh, with the the practitioner to get the anger out of the body. There was some visualization sure. of like putting the people that I was angry at in front of me and telling them like what I wanted to say. And then I was like turning around and talking to the patients at the hospital and telling them how sad and sorry I was that they were being treated this way. So there was some like practice in my mind of being able to allow that self-protective response to complete. But it's now an anchor that I can come back to um, because the situation isn't 
solved. It's not changed. Mm -hmm. And it does sometimes kind of every once in a while just pop into my mind of like, it's so unfair what's going on and what happened to me there and um, some of the things that were going on. And so I just have to come back to that place in my mind of like, I can, I remember what it felt like to be in that session and to get that anger out again. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to do it both. You have to do top down and bottom up. Sometimes, a lot of times, we just do top down, right? And we just like, it'll be fine. And like, we rationalize it, we minimize it, we get over it, but we never take care of just like that bottom up response of you should be angry mm-hmm. when people are violated. Yes. And what do you now do with it? Yeah. 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 Because we, we can't go right. know, running well, around murdering Sometimes people. when I have that experience, I'll imagine, because I can't do this literally, just taking all of the plates out of my kitchen mm-hmm. and going and throwing them against the wall. Yeah. And l- just putting myself there. And then then after that, kind of being, okay, God, like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I just need you to take this because I... Yeah. It's yours now. Yeah, because I think what then happens is you release the physiological energy yeah. so that now the inner observer can actually Say, do its work. Yeah. Well, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I know if somebody listens to this, they're going to have a little bit of an issue of you saying murdering someone in your mind just because of what Jesus says, you know, if you murder. Right. But this is a therapeutic thing. Right. That helps people adjust. And it's important. Yeah. And I don't, I, th- I think it's. And I think there's a difference between like when we say, oh, you should sit there and murder somebody in your mind. Like yeah, that's not. That's not what we're. That's not what I, I would about. never lead somebody into that. No. And a lot of um, somatic psychology is about honoring what the body organically produces and to understand that when this child who had been horribly, horrendously abused says that they want to attack their abuser, that's the self-protective response. And it's totally appropriate. And for me to then shove it back at her and say, no, that's not appropriate. That's where a lot of trauma and stuckness comes from is like our social inhibition towards anger. Yeah. Yeah. And so to be able to hold space and create a space where we can say you're not like because that's the other thing is you never do this with a person who like has massive impulse control issues or is like psychotic or has a personality disorder. I would never do that because their fabric between reality and fantasy isn't always great. But for somebody who has that well intact, like it's okay for me to hold space and they can talk about like how angry they were and what they wanted to do to protect themselves that they weren't able to do. And then they move on because I think the difference there isn't so much imagining the action as it is what you hold in your heart. And I think that's what he was getting at is it's the bitterness and the anger and the relishing of that anger and bitterness to be able to seek power over versus this is what my body wants to do in order for me to survive. Right. There's a big difference. I wanted you to work that out. Okay. So <laughs> no, because yeah, it's I, good, because no, I, it's good. Because I just want, I want the, I want people as they're listening to know sort of the yeah. broader concept there. Yeah. Because yeah. if somebody could just hear it and be like, Oh, what, what the heck are they talking about? Yeah. But there's, no, it's it's a good thing. It's yeah, it's it's bigger than it's, it's bigger, bigger than it's again. It's like back to it's not the action. Right. It's what's going on yeah. within you and like yeah. what's the deeper processing that's happening. Well, Amanda, I want to say wow, this was a great <laughs> conversation, and I want to also say that I just have really enjoyed this process with you. It's been so cool to see it impact our community, but also just you know 
push our dialogue deeper and further in. So yeah, thank you it's been so very much. Good. Yeah, thank you. And uh, can't wait till next time. Yeah. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric Steepen. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.